Hey everybody, welcome back to the Garden State of Hockey podcast. Our energy is decidedly lower after this weekend of games against the Washington Capitals, who the Devils still seem to have very few answers for and couldn't find them this weekend as Washington swept them in a back-to-back set in New Jersey, dropping the Devils to 7-8-2 and two overall. And two six and one at home to start this or in this point of the season. I can't say to start because it's over a quarter of the way into the season already. But yeah, it was, you know, it, it was a tough weekend of games for Devils fans and for the Devils in general as they lost several players to freak injuries as well. And here to help me talk about all of that is John Fisher. How's it going, John? Well, I'm doing well, but unfortunately, the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, they've dropped their fifth game in six opportunities, and it's something that, you know, there's different issues to bring up at least this weekend than we were bringing up in the past games against Buffalo and Washington, where their special teams, while they weren't actively losing them games this weekend against Washington, the penalty kill actually did reasonably well. Mm-hmm. They were they, perfect. They kept a very potent power play off the board. However, on the other end of the ice, the Devils' power play was, uh, I mean, today at least, was atrocious. We're recording this after the Sunday game. Um, and really all it served to do was kill two minutes where the Devils seemed to take themselves out of the game state that they were more dangerous in. Giving them an advantage completely brought them out of sorts. And, you know, failed entry after failed entry led to them losing all momentum they had built up uh, at five on five as they did have Washington on their heels. But let's talk about the games in order as, uh, you know, Saturday's game started. And as quickly as it started, Washington was on the board, not once, but twice. Yeah. I mean, this is the ever classic slow Mm -hmm. start. Um, The Devils, well, they got their butts whipped in the first Mm -hmm. period. And um, Garnet Hathaway and uh, Sprong, I believe it's Daniel Sprong. Okay, good. I got his name right, at least. Uh, Don't have to get any nasty emails from the Sprong (laughs) family. Uh, But they scored early on. Now, granted, they did have a little bit of fortune as a bizarre deflection went off P.K. Subban's Mm -hmm. body, uh, led to the Sprong goal. And then later on in that period, Lars Eller, you know, finished a play from Connor Sheary to um, make it three, nothing, (laughs) you know, within the first 14 minutes of the game. Like, you know, you talk about coming out sleepwalking. Well, the Capitals are, well, they're going to make you pay. And I know on the broadcast in both games in both Saturday and Sunday's game, you hear the old adage of, Oh, you know, the Capitals, Oh, they have the devil's number. Well, of course they have the devil's number. The Capitals have been a really good team for the last 10 years. And the Devils have not been a very good team for most of the last 10 years. So logic would dictate that the Capitals should be doing uh, reasonably well. And when you come out that poorly, where you're not uh, in sync, you're not making passes, you're not making good reads, uh, especially with Lindy's Lindy Ruff's system of having defensemen activating and being aggressive on offensive uh, zone situations. Guess what? That opens you up for potential counterattacks. And we got to see a lot of two on ones and three on twos by Washington. Yeah, and things look really bleak for the Devils after that third goal before Nico Heischer managed to. Uh score a power play goal for the Devils to bring them, you know, it was in the last minute of the period, it was so important to keep them in the game, and it did go a long way towards making it more of a game. After those first three goals, it looked like the Devils were just going to be boat raced all day long, and Heischer scores that goal to uh, narrow the the gap a little bit, and the Devils go into the second period down only 3-1, to one, and they also find an early goal in the second period. 
That's right. Uh, after that first period, presumably the Devils got a good talking to by Lindy Ruff, a deserved talking mm-hmm. to by Lindy Ruff. And uh, that period was shut down. Uh, to put it in perspective, the first period shots were 14 to 8 in favor of Washington. The second period was shots 4 to 5 in favor of New Jersey. There were fewer shots in the period by both teams than Washington mm. had in the first period. And more importantly, the Devils got another goal uh, past Vitek yep. Vanacek. Yep, I got I got that pronunciation right. I'm a hockey blogger. I get them right all the time. But more importantly, Nico Heischer set up Zaka for a lovely goal. It's Heischer's first pri- first assist of the season. Zaka continued his point streak. It's now three to two, and now you start thinking maybe this is going to happen. Maybe this comeback is going to bear some fruit. And for the first half of that third period, it looked like mm-hmm. it was going to happen. The Devils were absolutely buzzing and uh, could not find a way past Vanacek, even though so many opportunities were just on their sticks to tie the game and they would send them over the net. They would hit a capital in front. Uh, there were so many block shots this entire weekend and so many missed nets by the Devils and so many pucks hopping over their sticks. They're just not sharp on the execution when it comes to uh, you know the moments where they need to be sharpest the most. And, of course, Vanacek played, mm-hmm. played a good game. I mean, Vanacek has been their answer in net, which is Im- important for Washington. I mean, as we're talking, going into Sunday's game, they were first in the East Division. They finished off a great week of results. You know, the Devils, uh, they beat the Devils on Saturday, obviously. So, you know, it capped off a seven points out of eight point uh, week for them. And Vanacek is a big reason why. And one of the big concerns out of Washington was with Lundqvist uh, needing to go away for heart surgery you're relying on a combination of Vitek Vanacek, Craig Anderson, who's, you know, ageless, but he's old, and uh, Ilya Samsonov, who was playing for Hershey yep. recently. So, you know, Vanacek's uh, performance has definitely elevated the Capitals throughout the season, and the Devils got a taste of that on Saturday in that third period uh-huh. until bad things happened. The backbreaker happened with about eight minutes left in the game as Verano was sprung with a high pass by, I believe it was Brendan Dillon. Um, Oh, it was Carlson this time? Okay, so Carlson throws a pass over everyone's head. Verano beats all the Devils to it and beats Mackenzie Blackwood uh, five-hole, which is, you know, of all the things that went wrong this weekend, one of the most you know, damaging ones, I think, was Blackwood actually having a bad weekend for once. There were a lot of uncharacteristic goals allowed by him. And I'm not saying that he has to be perfect every game, but basically I'm saying that to beat the Washington Capitals, he has to be pretty much perfect. I would disagree. I think a lot of the criticism of Blackwood was Mm -hmm. pretty harsh, um, especially after Sunday's game. I thought he played fairly well, Uh, but we'll talk about Sunday's game yeah, we talk about Sunday's game. Uh, but yeah, the Verona goal allowed was a bad one to allow. It was also the first shot he faced in 10 minutes. Like when I say the Devils really pinned the De- Washington Capitals back in that third period, they really did. Like they held them shotless uh, for a 10, 10 straight, 10, 12 minute uh, mm-hmm. period of time uh, in terms of the game. So, I mean, but yeah, the breakaway goal allow- allowed was pretty bad. But, you know... It, it, it highlights, as you say, one of the problems with this Devils team is that if Blackwood is anything less than excellent, you know, you're just not going to win a game. And case in point, you know, they dug in a hole too deep and uh, that Vrana's goal was ultimately a backbreaker. And while the Devils did try to get back into the game a little bit, they got a, uh, a late power play and then Palmieri took a hooking call, which some have said is a stick lift. And I say, yeah, but the stick was also across the dude's torso. So, you know, the, a ref is going to, you know, Steve Kazari or TJ Luxmore is going to look at that and go, that's two minutes. And then, you know, 
yeah, the Devils killed off the overrun, but you know, it, you knew the game was effectively over. Like the Devils were not going to score two goals in the final four minutes, and they didn't. And Nick Dowd scored an empty netter. Yeah, and there, there's the a 5-2 loss. It feels bad because the Devils definitely gave, put themselves in a position to get back in it, and uh, they just couldn't finish the job. Like I was saying, it just wasn't sharp at the moment of execution where they needed it the most. There were so many wide-open nets missed and so many um, you know, point shots taken that didn't come close to hitting the net. There were so mm-hmm. many... Uh, they're not it's hard to test the goalie when you can't get the puck on net. And this has been a problem for years now for the devils that for some reason they just can't, I don't know. Is, is it the fatigue? Is it them just being nervous? It's hard to tell. And at this point with so many games and so many consecutive nights and such a short rest between games, you have to wonder if some of that's getting to them because they arrived today and another, you know, sluggish start later, they managed to get out yes. of the, uh, first period tied because of uh, the work of a couple of fluke goals. And I think these are uncharacteristic goals for both of these goaltenders to allow uh, Sam- Samsonov to yeah. Maltsev on a shot that didn't look particularly dangerous. Um, but uh, Blackwood let one up to, uh, who was it this time? Oh, it was Rana it was again. Rana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Vrana goal is much more defendable in terms of from the goalie's perspective, because Vrana put yep. it in his own rebound. Um, I know Danico made a huge meal of the notion of, oh, you know, Vrana took that shot to create his own rebound, which I'm thinking, yeah, that which makes Ty Smith even look stupider on the play because he was beaten by Vrana off the rush, and then he was beaten again to the rebound. Uh, this was not Ty Smith's uh, best game. It was not their best weekend, shot. that pairing. I, I no, and it's sad because the devil, that, that pairing has been rock solid, you know, ever since they were put together. Like this was the weekend where they showed some cracks in the, uh, in this metaphor that has already been blown up. But the larger point is that giving up a goal and a rebound, I mean, that's not really soft. Yeah. I know it went through the legs, but you know, when you're moving for a rebound, something's open. It's typically your legs because you have to push off. Uh, the, the goal that Maltza, Mikhail Maltza scored his first NHL goal against a goaltender. And this was a terrible goal for Sasanov to allow. Um, they did mention, um, during the broadcast, and I saw this online, of course, is that this was Samsonov's first start since mm-hmm, January seventeenth, mm-hmm. Dan. So it's his first start in six weeks, and I think we just saw why it was his first. <laughs> yeah, start the in Devils, six weeks because uh... he gave up a short side goal from forty feet away, <laughs> outside of the circle to yeah. Mikhail Maltsev. You know, har- hardly you know the Devils' most dangerous Russian player um, in the lineup. Although you know. I, I would take him over another Russian player that we'll uh-huh, get to in a little uh-huh. bit. I think I know who you're talking about. But, um, yeah, that, that play was Zaka extending his point streak. It's now at 10 games, unbelievably so, as he made a pass to Subban, who yeah. banked it off the boards, and Zaka wasn't even on the ice. Great pass. Uh, what did you say? Oh, yeah, definitely great a great pass by Subban there. But, um, you know, Zaka was off the ice for this goal as Maltsev just kind of flung it towards the net. And you have to figure this guy needs to get tested. This is something that the Devils have to do for someone who hasn't played in months. And they arrive into the second period with uh, less gusto in this second period than they had in the second period the day before. And Washington managed to score again. Yeah, I will say, now, just to take a step back here, while attempts were fairly even in the first period, the Devils were outshot mm-hmm. 13 to 7. And again, Blackwood played very well, uh, but the Devils really did not take anything to that. They had no high danger chances per natural stat trick in that first period. The second period begins, and fairly early on, you get to see another breakdown. Um, 
This time, Jack Hughes is trying to play Andreas Janssen over the blue line, but the pass got away from him, so Carlson picked it up pretty easily. He fired it up ahead for a two-on-one. With, Wilson um, and Backstrom. Bear with me. Thank you, Wilson and Backstrom. And, you know, both those guys have tons of space, and for some inexplicable reason, Sammy Vatnin decides to mm-hmm. defend nothing. Uh, logic says in a two-on-one that the one should be defending the open, the man who doesn't have the puck. E- either that or you deny the passing lane. Do one of those two things. He did neither, and Backstrom scored an t- easy tap-in that no goaltender in the world is going to stop. Mm-hmm. It's now 2-1. And thankfully, Ilya Samsonov was in net. <laughs> 48 seconds later. Shortly thereafter, 48 seconds later, Yegor Sharangovich uh, gets around his uh, defenseman, the man defending him, and beats the man and the puck trickles through his arm mm-hmm. to make it 2-2. So it's like, oh my goodness, it's now 2-2. Hey, you should feel good. Your your turnover that caused the odd man rush against should not feel so bad because, hey, mm-hmm. it's now 2-2. And even better, Dan, is that the Devils proceeded to then kill a penalty because Pavel Zaka decided hooking a man on offense yeah. was a good idea. But they killed that penalty pretty well. Yeah, so the, the penalty killers that they've found in these last couple of games seem to be doing a much better job in general of uh, avoiding the blatant hygiene chances, and that's the foursome of, um, it seems like Vatanen, Kulikov, McLeod, Bastion is the way that they've been going for at least the first shift. And McLeod and Bastion are offering something on the penalty kill, which the Devils were just not doing at all, and that's actual puck pursuit. They're actually moving towards the guy yes. with the puck, or they're trying to get into the lane where the puck's about to go and these guys are afraid of nothing McLeod and Bastion got mixed up in all facets of the game today um, Bastion in particular you know had a fight with Brendan Dillon uh, he pissed off Tom Wilson which was honestly surprising to me I don't know why Wilson cared so much about what Bastion was up to at any point in the game but yeah they they provided you know they played their role well they were supposed to provide that kind of spark and energy unfortunately it's just the Devils couldn't really do much with it in that second period despite also having uh, some power play opportunities where they were Oof, the zone entries were not good. Every single extended drop pass run was met by Washington in the neutral zone, and the Devils maybe had one opportunity between the two power plays they had. Yeah, they had one real good one-timer opportunity created for Palmieri on the second power play. Um, I felt the Devils did fine getting over the blue line. The problem was they, they kept stubbornly doing two things that Washington just beat them over and over again at. The first thing was dumping the puck in after mm-hmm. crossing the blue line, which, you know, the that play only works if you know the man on the other side of that uh, dumping. It's usually a reverse or a rim around the boards uh, to change the point of attack, and usually that man is open. But Washington read that perfectly. And the second thing is that the Devils tried to build off the half walls, basically around the boards on the sides, which, again, Washington would create bat- puck battles, win those puck battles, and then get mm-hmm. easy clearances. So, you know, the Devils, in theory, took a good first step of, like, they carried the puck into the zone, and then they did the stupid things after going into the f- offensive zone and wasting their opportunities. And that was especially unfortunate for the second power play because it came shortly after what would end up being the game-winning goal. <sighs> From this generation's greatest goal scorer, Alexander Ovechkin, and this guy, and, and this was unfortunately a third assist needs to be given to the worst Russian for the New Jersey Devils Nikita, tonight, Nikita today, Gusev. and perhaps this season. Nikita he has Gusev. been atrocious. I don't even want to pull yes. punches here. He has so many giveaways this year. He has 
like a lot of those bounces over a stick, a lot of those nervous plays have been through him. He just looks like he's still taking that same adjustment period he took at the beginning of last season. But the problem is that he doesn't have that kind of time and he doesn't have that kind of time to figure it out and practice this time around because they're playing basically games on top of each other for the next two months. And so he has become a liability in in a lot of ways as, you know, that opportunity was created after he took the puck in towards the goal. He had a pretty good rush, uh, got too close it was a good and lost the puck and back the other way. The Caps just made it look easy. It was just Ovechkin uncontested in the slot. He's going to score. Like that's, uh, there's nothing yeah, more you can expect from Blackwood th- there. No. And, and more, more to the point is that amazingly Gusev's five on five numbers when he was on the ice, the devils were on, and this happened in Saturday's game, too, where the Devils had this amazing attempt differential. In, in, in Sunday's game, for example, it was 13-3. to 3. Normally, you would expect, okay, great, that means Gusev must have had a good game, right? No, because when he was on the ice, the Devils only had three shots on net to the mm-hmm. Capitals' zero. And, of course, Gusev must have got off the ice before Ovechkin scored his goal, so he doesn't get credited with the with the GA. Uh, but, yeah, Jensen, Nicholas Jensen picked up the loose puck. He fired it up, and since Gusev, Brat, and uh, Zaka were in deep— it's a three on two and Zach, uh, Ovechkin correctly um, did, made himself a trailer. And to your point, Dan, there's not much that you can do in that situation. You can't blame the defense because it's a three on two. The trailer is is inherently the guy that's open. Like you're not going to sell yourself out and leave a guy wide open close to the net to take out the trailer that you're not going to get to because mm-hmm. he's trailing. And Blackwood, there's not much Blackwood is going to be able to do on that shot. I mean, it was a near perfect, you know against the grain shot to the top corner like that's the type of goal that a guy with over 700 career goals is going to score yeah and, and in terms of forwards that are capable of taking defensive responsibility a very important one was not participating in this game uh because he got struck with a puck no. in the face uh in the last 30 seconds of the loss on saturday off a pk suban shot that deflected off of i believe dimitri orlov's stick right into nico heischer's face oh doubts, doubts okay but it, it's Six, six or half dozen of the other. It went off a capital stick and hit him high and in the shield. It was, his absence was definitely felt. In these last couple of games, he sure has picked it up and been exactly what the Devils had been expecting him to be. He was creating opportunities. He was winning face-offs, which was something that was so important for this team to start doing because they got burned so many times off of lost face-offs, and he was not available because of just a comedy of errors that seems to happen every time, you know, things are starting to go a little bit well for New Jersey in terms of their health. And today, in the last, you know, as the Devils tried to tie this game, Chara tries to clear the puck out and it hits Miles Wood in the ear. He goes off and we don't know his status moving forward. And then Palmieri, in a last-ditch attempt to tie the game, and he had many attempts to tie the game, uh, he managed to hit John Carlson's backside, who is not even looking at the play. But the lack of finishing lets them down again, and I, I need to... You know, we talked often about the special teams and the fact that the penalty kill was dreadful. It was for sure not the penalty kill's fault this weekend. They did everything asked of them. Instead, the power play did get one goal on Saturday, but they had so many opportunities to do so much work um, both days and really just manifested very, very little on Sunday. They they almost didn't. They may as well have declined it for the opportunities that they were getting on the power play versus the ones they were getting at five on five. And, the, and to add further to the struggles is that in that third period against the Capitals, the Devils really controlled most of that period. Um, 
except on the shot count. Because, you know, if you look at the attempts, the Devils led the Capitals in attempts 16 to 7. And that definitely would, you know, you would think, okay, that makes sense, considering I saw the Devils spend a lot of time in Samsonov's face, taking on Zedno Charan and his slow foul. Zedno Chara loves to foul guys, and I guess the referees just don't want to call it on him because he's Zedno Chara, but, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, and, it, and again, to your point, do we really want to see the Devils' power play? Mm, not necessarily. But the Devils only got four out of those 16 shot, uh, shot attempts mm-hmm. on net, including the Carlson backside block yep. at the end of the game. Uh, the I mean, credit to the Devils' defense for allowing the Capitals only one shot on net the entire period, which is Well, the Devils crazy. have played three games against uh, the Capitals this year, and they have had moments where they held the Capitals without a shot for 15 minutes at least in each of those games. And, right. they, didn't and they didn't win any, any of, of those games because, and part of that, and again, knowing that Samsonov gave up two bad goals, you would think, okay, third period, where we're, the Devils are to use Steve Cangelosi's term, buzzing mm-hmm. all over the place, just throw the yep. kitchen sink at the guy. Like, you know, just throw every every stupid shot possible. Just do it. And some of those misses were, you know, a function of, you know, they were, you know, bang, bang plays. It was one touch play. You know, they're trying to pick a corner. They're trying to hit the far post because that's what, that's what the net that they see. So they're trying to hit it. But, you know, I, I think the Devils got too clever mm-hmm. for themselves here. And not having Heischer definitely hurt the cause in general because because without Heischer, this meant your centers were McLeod, Zaka, uh, Zajac, and Hughes. Hughes did not have a particularly good game. Z- Zajac continues to underwhelm. Um, McLeod, you know, was fine on the penalty kill, but in five-on-five play, he was, uh, you know, he, he was beaten pillar to post. And, and Zaka was actually okay. But, you know, with Gusev on his wing, just not contributing much of anything, that limits whatever Zaka and Brock could do. It's it's hard to create offense when only two guys are, are guys that you would want to have mm-hmm. a puck on and, their stick. And uh, so having he not having he really showed up there because of these other passengers, which unfortunately include the Gusevs, the Kyle Palmeris, who was absolutely dreadful yep. today in the run of play. Janssen, too, has and, not been know, good with Janssen was not not Janssen was bad today. Um, Maltsev was also not that, that whole McLeod line was not that good in five and five either. And again, Maltsev at least got a goal through because Samsonov's mm-hmm. a bad goal. And that line isn't supposed to be the one that generates the most offense. They're just the ones that, you know, are meant no. to provide a little bit of energy. And I think McLeod and Bastion do that well, and they were doing that well, especially with wood. But I think there has to be some sort of interplay between wood and Zajac. If Zajac can't, you know, keep up with the pace of play and wants to play a smarter game, then he needs someone fast alongside him to help him out. And I think having Nico back whenever he's able to come back with a different looking face will definitely help readjust the depth chart. But yeah, the passengers today, especially on the Hughes line as, you know, Hughes is really trying. Like it's very clear that he's trying to create opportunities for his line mates and they're just letting him down time after time. Besides him on his line, the last two days, no one could carry the puck. No one could generate anything besides, um, you know, him, no one alongside him could generate anything. Yeah, exactly. And look, that's, that's the harsh reality of this game. This whole sport is that there's only so much you can do Mm -hmm. by yourself. You know, I understand, you know, take Washington, for example, you know, they have Alexander Ovechkin, you know, he has, you know, he has a shot at becoming the best non Wayne Gretzky goal scorer in league history. 
And I'm sure there will be some people <laughs> online having hot takes about how he's better than Wayne Gretzky because he didn't get to play in the 80s. Well, yeah, bro. But if he played in the 80s, he would be stuck in Soviet in the Soviet Union. He wouldn't yeah. be allowed to. I'm just going to hold my tongue uh, on that one. I don't want you know, to stir up controversy, you know. <laughs> anyways, the point is, is that Ovechkin on Sunday in particular had himself, you know, a game where you, you would think he carried the whole game because he had six shots on net. He had 10 shooting attempts all by himself. And, of course, the eventual game-winning goal. But a big reason why the Devils lost on Sunday and on Saturday is because they got contributions and strong plays from everybody in that lineup. It wasn't just Ovechkin. It was also Vrana. It was also Dylan and Carlson. It was also even guys like Tom Wilson playing a strong two-way game. And outside of the nonsense with Bastion a little bit, he was on his good. He was on mm-hmm. good behavior. You got good, good keep-ins from guys like Oshie and Sheary and. You had strong defensive uh, plays like from Nick Dowd and Carl Hagelin. Um, you know, it's hard to really look at the Capitals in either game and say, oh, the Devils kicked the snot out of this guy. I mean, if Ilya Samsonov doesn't give up two terrible goals, like you could almost say that Carl, the Capitals just in every facet, in every position, just outplayed yep. the Devils. And, you know, the results <laughs> reflect that. And, and, that's, and that's my point is that as well as Ovechkin did today – he still needed help to get that W whereas Hughes or, you know, to pick another player, um, uh, Zaka, since he's been crazy hot with the scoring, um, he needs his line mates and his defensive partners to do their job as well. And unfortunately in both of these games, not everybody did their job or did it to the level that they should have been playing to. And that's a reason why the devils have two more L's mm-hmm. to their yeah, record. Yeah, uh, that's something that you take a look at these two teams, and the Devils were definitely able to, uh, you know, be in both games, which is a nice sign, but to close out games like this and to make sure that you're generating as many opportunities for yourself and really adjusting to the pace of play, it, you're seeing the difference between a team that is very much in a rebuild and the team that's championship caliber with championship level experience. It's That's the biggest difference between these two teams. I mean, the, the talent difference and the experience difference accounted for the wins this week the devils made more mistakes that washington capitalized on when they made mistakes they were able to get back and fix them they were working more as a unit and everyone like you said everyone down the lineup was embracing that mentality where the devils were just not there and it's not like it's the young kids that are you know the biggest issue here it's the guys like palmary and it's the guys like gusev and it's the guys like suban to some extent um I think the issue is that when Subban messes up, it's more obvious to spot, but he does a lot of things well that people don't really pay attention to because it's easier to knock him. However, it doesn't you yeah. know, look good for the reputation when he sends a puck into his captain's face inadvertently or not. That being said, it's not his fault it deflected off the stick, but it certainly doesn't help the argument. And when he does make a mistake, it is often a level of boneheadedness that is hard to match by anyone else. But again... His mistakes are just more obvious. I, I just don't I don't think he makes, you know, significantly more than a lot of the other Devils defensemen did in making certain choices, but I think the way he plays is just so much easier to see. Yeah, and I've I've said this before and I'm gonna say it again. He plays like Severson in a sense. He's basically Severson two point if you wanna give him a tat nice cute nickname. Whereas, you know, it was the same story with Severson where he would have nights where 
the number the on ice numbers look good. You can look into a contribution, but oh, this was the game where he accidentally scored against mm-hmm. his own team, or this was the game where he took a penalty that cost them the game, or this was the game where he coughed up the puck here and it led to a breakaway. And yeah, you know, Blackwood made the save, or Schneider made the save, or somebody made the save. But Severson looks like you know he's he's getting beaten like a rented mule. Um, Severson has cut down on a lot of that, and, I, and maybe in a sense, Subban has absorbed some of the criticism because uh, with him there, maybe you get less on Severson and you start appreciating more what he did. That being said, Severson and Smith um, as a pairing up until this weekend was maybe the best pairing the Devils have had in a very long time until Washington basically um, took him to school, which is actually worse than you think because since both games were at the Rock – you would think Lindy Ruff and Elaine Nazardine and the rest of the coaching staff would have recognized some of this and said, let's change this matchup a little bit since they had last mm-hmm. line change. But, you know, I guess you can also argue it's six or half dozen of the other. Either you let Severson and Smith get killed or do you sacrifice uh, P.K. Subban and Dmitry Kulikov? Um, Kulikov in particular, who had, had a real rough game on Saturday. He did play much better today on Sunday. And then Vatnin and Butcher, that was the other group you could sacrifice of note in, in between all this you may have noticed we have not mentioned mm-hmm. ryan murray's name because he was a healthy scratch on saturday and presumably a healthy scratch yep. today i find that curious it's Dan, interesting but i think a lot of it has to do with the schedule and it that's why it was surprising to me that blackwood not only started today but he stayed in the game after three nothing yesterday um because he, of all people, should probably need the rest. But Murray, I guess, when he's coming off of injuries, and also he was experiencing some illness that wasn't COVID uh, during the week, so maybe right. he's still you know, not feeling quite fit enough to play, and maybe Ruff was aware that they couldn't really use defense to stifle Washington, because eventually Washington was going to find ways to score, and he opted for a more offensive option with the combination of uh, you know, Butcher Votnin. But it's... It, I don't know. It, It's me trying to find justifications for things that it's already too late to find justifications for. Well, Ruff did mention before today's game on Sunday that the reason why he was a healthy scratch on Saturday was due to um, defensive miscues, which, of course, got everybody – when I say everybody, I mean a bunch of loud people on the internet – saying, oh, well, how come you haven't scratched Subban yet? And, of course, those are the same people who keep forgetting that he created, you know, yep. Maltsev's goal today. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like, guys, you know, I, I think to an extent Murray has not played up to the level I think the Devils were hoping for. Though, personally, I would think if anybody deserved to be scratched after Saturday's game, it yep. would have been Votnin. Um, and he played today, and he was okay-ish. You know, maybe you could have asked for a little bit more for him, but he was okay-ish. I will say it's perfectly acceptable hockey from Mr. Vatnin. Well, I think with, like, um, with Subban, right? Was- like, there's a happy medium between he can definitely play better than how he has been and, like, yes, he is the, the, plight, the blight on this team in every sense of the word. Like, he's not. He's definitely not. But for $9 million a year, he should be better than he is. Oh, absolutely. I'm not going to be tell you that the guy is playing perfectly good hockey. I'll say he's playing better than he did last season because he doesn't have Andy Green to drag him down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can agree that the guy should be expected to contribute much more than he has been doing. And especially since other veterans on the team, like Palmieri, like Gusev, um, like Murray, even I'll, I'll throw him into that. And even Vatnin, since, you know, he's been mm-hmm. in the league for a while. I, I think he counts as veteran, but you know, and, and Janssen outside of Hughes was absolutely terrible. So to an extent, 
if you're an older player on a young roster like New Jersey's, the expectations are you need to carry the day because we can't rely on Yegor Sharangovich to put the team on his back when teams when the, the game is getting into a bit of a struggle. Even high-end quality players like Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes, like it can't always be on them. Um, they're still developing and growing as players. It really needs to be on you guys, the older players, to say, we're not going to make the mistakes. We're not going to take the penalties. We're not going to... Um, commit the uh, miscues or the misreads that lead to goals against. And that's exactly what we've been seeing from the likes of Subban, Palmieri, Gusev. And we've described some of that to some great detail just in this past weekend. And that's been the story of the season to a degree. I think outside of, I mean, in terms of veterans who've been playing well, I guess if you consider Miles Wood to be a veteran, he's been Sever- good enough. Severson, and Kulikov yeah. and, and Severson. And that's it. I'm going to give Zajac I mean, a pass we, on this weekend. Yeah, I'll yeah, because Zajac is, you know, he was really good in January. I think COVID really took something out of him. And we do have seen some players struggle really, really mightily after coming back from a COVID situation like Mika Zabanajad in New York. And, you know, based on the symptoms, I would be shocked if Rasmus Ristolainen in Buffalo comes back and plays anywhere close to the level he and was Zajac playing And Zajac had a pretty, like, emotionally charged weekend. I know last weekend was where he hit game number yeah. 1,000, but this was the first time he was home since then. And so, you know, he had all the celebrations. Yeah. There's a lot of messages from, from family going on. So I, he probably had a lot on his mind, and I'm sure he wanted those wins as badly as anyone else on the team. But I'm going to give him a pass just for this weekend because he's dealing with a lot. And all the Devils are dealing with some form of post-COVID in the fact that they didn't practice for two weeks and had to launch back into a schedule with uh, eight games in 14 days. But they managed to do really well those first two games back and really have looked not the same ever since. Just not as sharp, not as crisp with the passing. A lot of flubbed opportunities is the common theme for all these games. Exactly. And the Devils kind of need to sort it out real fast because they're going to they're going to enter a March where they're going to play 17 games Mm -hmm. in 31 days. Like this is the norm. This is not the exception. This is going to be the norm all the way up until the end of the season. And what it will be different for this week, though, Dan, is that on Tuesday against the Islanders. So for one, they're not going to play Buffalo or Washington for at least a week. That probably will help. That'll be nice Uh, just to see some different uniforms against them, honestly. And honestly, I think the Devils matchup may, may match up better against some of these other teams because they've beaten the teams coming up up until the 9th of March when they'll mm-hmm. play Washington again. They've at least have one win against their next four games against those opponents. And those two of those games are going to be the games we're going to be discussing on the next episode of the Garden State of Hockey. And they'll be Tuesday against the Islanders. That's a home game. And just as importantly, Dan, will be the first game where the Prudential Center will have some mm-hmm. fans in the arena. Uh, limited attendance and lots of restrictions, you know, masks, neighborhoods, uh, you know, no open uh, uh, walking around. You're not going to eat on the concourse. Um, you know, you're not going to allow to be brought in a bag. Everything's going to be mobile ticketing. Um, the the Prudential Sp- Center, I think, may even have assigned leaving times. So not everybody's going to leave at the same time, even to cut down on the uh, amount of people coming in. And staying in close to each other. Well, so hopefully they can be better um, at home than the two six and one cliff they've had so far. And that Yeah, they need they need like to, that to me is troubling in itself because it seems like Ruff is still trying to figure out his matchups. And you get the last change at home, so you know, theoretically you should have at least close to even or a better record at home, uh, given that you have the tactical advantage. 
Um, I think a lot of that imbalance is because of the teams that the Devils have played at home so far compared to who they've played on the road, but you still need to win against any team in this league. You need to be able to beat them when you have a strategic advantage. So figure out the lines. And again, Ruff has had a interesting start to his tenure in New Jersey with the amount of uh, lineup changes that have been happening and that he's been forced into. And until he finds the winning combination, the winning matchups, it's going to be very tough for them to, uh, you know, kind of get over that hump. But hopefully when fans come back, they're able to perform better than they have so far. It's just been dreadful to watch them in the Reds, except for that one game where they wore them in Buffalo. Yeah, and again, you know, they'll be facing some different opponents where the Devils have had at least some success against earlier in the season. Like, they've beaten the Islanders the last time it was at the Prudential Center. It was their only shutout win of the season so far, uh, 2-0 back in January. So they're going to take on an Islanders team uh, that's definitely pushing for the top of the East. Like, they're, I think they're exceeding expectations again and basically playing with that ever-present chip on their shoulder of, you know, they don't respect us, they don't like us, the stats don't like us, we're going to show them, we're going to show them all! I have a feeling that's Barry Trotz's, uh, you know, game speech every game. Uh, And so far it's working, so why change it? But they're going to get them on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, um, I would say Thursday and Saturday, which will end this five-game homestand, are pretty much must-win games because of the opponent involved. It'll be our hated rivals, with fans in the arena. And the Devils have so far done very well against our hated rivals with three out of three Mm -hmm. wins against them. I'm sorry, two out of two wins against them. Hopefully by the next time uh, we record in two episodes, we'll be able to say four for four and whatever happens on Sunday at Boston is whatever because, you know, it's at Boston. You know, beat the Rangers. To kind of be pissed off, right? Because last week... Uh, leading before this game that they just beat the Rangers in today, four to one, they had lost their last two games by scores of six, two and seven, two. So they're ticked off. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And, but again, they're Boston. They can turn it around and they have That's, I guess, another difference between a good team and a not so good team like New Jersey, which is uh, after a bad loss, you know, it's you, you understand it's not the end of the world. You reset yourself, you refocus and you go out and get a result. And yeah, Boston had two embarrassing losses. Well, they got revenge for one of them today. And um, you can be sure Boston is going to play with the mindset of, all right, it's back to business and back to taking uh, first in the East, which unfortunately they did not take today because the Devils Mm -hmm. lost to Washington. Um, Nevertheless, um, so the next two games coming up for what we'll be talking about will be against uh, the Islanders, uh, the superior team of New York, and our hated rivals on Thursday. Both of them will have fans in attendance, so I'm sure we'll have something to say about, uh, you know, their reactions to things. It's going to be interesting to see how they sound compared to the fake crowd noise we've been getting on broadcasts, both home and away. Um, I'm hoping the 1,600 or so people that will be in the arena will be as loud as possible, good or bad. Um, I'm of the opinion of if the Devil's penalty kill goes back to being the absolute worst thing ever and the team is sucking out there you know boo boo them off the ice maybe that's what Mm -hmm. the team needs to hear Um, a legitimate booing (laughs) you know nobody likes to hear it but if you've earned it you earned it and likewise if they do well and they get some wins not only will everybody feel better about the new jersey devils again um but it'll also send the fans home happy which is obviously the best case scenario given the situation that I'm sure the business is in with in hockey and mm-hmm. with the and Devils. so all that being said, we'll join you back here on Friday for another episode, uh, recapping hopefully a more successful week than this past weekend of games, which was 
you know, just so frustrating for so many reasons, and uh, hopefully they can bounce back before this season spirals too far out of control. And again, we said to, em- to temper the expectations, and playoffs were well out of the range of the expectations going into this season, but we have seen a lot of the improvement that we wanted to see from the most important players that we wanted to see it from so far. So hopefully we continue to see more of uh, that level of play from those fourth liners, from Severson Smith, from Zaka and from Hughes and from Heischer and Brett, as they are going to be the, uh, you know, they're going to be the, the crux of this team moving forward. And Palmieri, Gusev, Subban will certainly not. Uh, so we'll see if they can continue to play well and justify the hope that's been inspired in Devils fans so far. So, All that being said, thank you again for listening to this episode of Garden State of Hockey. We'll catch you at the end of the week, and let's go Devils!